Hey, hey, folks. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk here. Uh, we got a great episode in store for you. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Also, follow me on Instagram at Trost Talk. Um, but first, my buddy, Pablo2020. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. This is episode 43. Um, later on in the episode, I will be joined by my buddy, uh, John Bulls. You know him as Bear Jew. Um, he will be just, we'll be doing some uh, talking points about the NBA. Um, got a good, good day for you guys so far. Um, going to be talking a little bit about the Euros. Uh, I'm going to save the UFC to another day. Uh, because I want to talk about it in full length, the and I want to talk about boxing, uh, the two fights that happened over uh, over the weekend that I want to talk to. So I'll have mine out probably like Tuesday or Wednesday, um, where it'll just be about the combat sports. So, um, yeah, um, man, something i kind of had noticed i guess today which was kind of interesting and more kind of cool um so i hadn't eaten all day and you know when you kind of get like that it's just kind of funny where you know your body just you can tell you get up you're lightheaded you're just you're kind of feeling fatigued but um you finally eat something and it's amazing how instant your body just changes like your body immediately is just all this Dude, this is what we wanted all day. This, amazing. Let's start this off just a little bit earlier, every single day. And you can immediately feel it's just like, fuck yes, this is what I've been asking for all day. And you can immediately start feeling, it's almost like your brain starts getting defogged. <laughs> it's just like everything is start, woke, waking up. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, it's literally like, going into a house where it's been run down and abandoned for years, it's all dusty and like, you're just clearing everything out and all the cobwebs are gone. All the dust is gone. It's looking brighter and cleaner. Your body is just like in heaven. Um, and it's amazing just how instant it is. Um, something else I was kind of thinking about earlier today, which is kind of funny, uh, is when you're a kid, just like how you will make promises so wildly beyond your capability of keeping. <laughs> and it's it's always just like the most ridiculous stuff. Like it's nothing, it's like not when you're like it's not like when you're older and you know, it's like where people think like when you're older, say you're like 23, 24, or whatever, you're out of the bar, you're drinking, and you know, you do these dumb promises where you're like dude, oh my God, we should totally get up and go on a hike tomorrow. And it's like, it's not like those promises. Like you could keep that promise. It's like, it's like things like, mom, dad, if you get me these shoes, I'll never ask you for another pair of shoes again. And it's like, you're seven. Like you're going to have a thousand more pairs of shoes in your life. Like you're going to need a new pair in probably three months because you're going to get bigger. It's just like things you cannot even keep. You're like, I will 
I will never cry again if you just let me stay up for 30 more minutes. And it's like, you're tomorrow, you run into the wall too hard and you didn't get the reaction you didn't want from your parents. You are like, you're like Neymar at the year at, at the World Cup. You're just going to be flailing, screaming. So I think, uh, it's just kind of interesting when you're a kid and you're just like, I don't, I, you will promise anything. It's like a crackhead. You're like, I'll fucking suck your dick. I don't care. Just give me some crack, man. I'll do whatever. Um, but even a crackhead is capable of keeping that end of the bargain. So, um, I know you guys are probably tired of me saying this, but I think it just truly needs to be said. Uh, we need to do something about these crocodiles. Um, you know, I just, I know it sound, I sound like a broken record and you guys are like, Kyle, we get it. You know, like crocodiles, it was funny the first time, but like it was the third time. I just want to share something with you guys. Uh, saltwater crocodile, uh, bite force, 5,000 pounds. You might be thinking, what is that equivalent to? Well, I'll tell you, uh, not a lion. A lion is around a thousand. Um, not even a bear. Not even an alligator. An alligator is probably around two thousand. What might it be equivalent to you? You're saying you're like God. All right. Well, those are the probably the biggest ones that I would have assumed. Um, what else could it be? Uh, how about try a T-Rex? Yes, the equivalent bite force of a T-Rex. That means. You know when you do like things like, oh, that's like the steroided version of this. Well, lizards, crocodiles are just the T-Rex version of lizards, literally. Like that's not even a, that's, that's not even an exaggeration. They are a literal T-Rex version of what a lizard could be. Unbelievable. 65 million years of evolution. I'm not saying we got it wrong by not making them go extinct earlier, but you know, may, look, we've quarantined 8 billion people for a year. I think we can quarantine some goddamn saltwater crocodiles. That's all I'm saying. So anyways, on to You know, it's another weird thing too, is actually like humans and just like how we're just so much wildly intelligent than any other animal. Um, but it's like, you don't, you know, you don't always get the benefit. Like you would think your life would be better in every way than animals, right? Cause you have such a superiority there. It's like, not really. It's like, you got, they don't have to pay taxes. I don't have to worry about health care. You know, they just get to do whatever they want. Uh, monogamy. We're the only ones that have to deal with that. Um, There's a joke, by the way. If nobody laughed at that, I'm going to be furious. But anyways, on to the... 
onto the usual stuff. Merch, link in the bio of my Instagram, or you can go to teespring.com and look it up there. Um, uh, Trost Talk is my Instagram page. Uh, subscribe to the show. Could use that, uh, as always. Um, I definitely think could use that a lot. Uh, available on all platforms. Going to be on YouTube soon. I made the decision, and I'm going to do it. Um, and available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. All right, let's get into it. Um, first game off in the Euro 2020. This is just going to be all review. Um, this is just going to be a quick review um, because we're going to, obviously I will do uh, the rest of the tournament after Tuesday's games. And then I will preview um, the quarterfinals. So first game, kind of a surprise. I mean, I don't want to say the thing that was surprising is the four goals. Um, I didn't think it would be impossible for Denmark to win that. Uh, I very surprised that they've now two games in a row scoring four four goals. Um, but I mean, they played well. I mean, Wales looked dominant in the first like thirty, like twenty minutes of the game. They looked really good. They looked like they were just kind of, kind of like really ease into this game and kind of get a handle on it. But, uh, you know, they ended up not being able to. Um, and then obviously just went, you know, like when all things, when it rains, it pours towards the end. Then they just got a, a third goal and then a red card and then another goal, you know, just kind of like just a story of their day, really. Uh, but can, obviously a great congratulations to Denmark um, after everything they've gone to now to win their last two games. They're going to the quarterfinals. They're having, uh, they're having, they're having a just, I don't want to say a merry old time, but they're having a great time, uh, you know, given everything that has gone on. And now they're in, in my opinion, going to the quarterfinals in a very favorable matchup. Um, so what do we got now? Which, you know, they're playing, they're playing the check, which that could be a favorable matchup. We'll get into that later. Um, then the next game, which I think I actually nailed this one dead on two, one extra time win by Italy. Um, I think I, I literally nailed this one. Um, now Austria did pull one back. So it was like, you know, it was a, it was a pretty comfortable lead to nothing. Um, I, Chiesa, so good. I mean, when he is on the attack and they're letting him do, he was looking so good that, uh, yesterday, I, I mean, I really like Italy. Their defense is good. Um, Spinazzola is just unbelievable down that sideline. He, I really like him. He, he piqued my interest in the, I think it was 2019. I think it was 2019. Is it 2018 or 2019? But it was when Juventus came back on, um, 
it was when uh, Juventus came back on Atletico in the second leg. Um, he he was absolutely crucial, and I thought pinnacle in that game, uh, which where Ronaldo had a hat trick. Um, I thought he was incredible in that game, and that that's when I first took notice of him. He was playing amazing. I, I'm telling you, this Italy side is they're dangerous. They're dangerous. Um, they got a tough task in Belgium, but uh, I, I think that's very doable for them. To me, the biggest upset of the round was the Czech not only just winning, but winning two nothing. Um, obviously, you had to let go down the red card, but you know it wasn't. It it wasn't. It was. I mean, the Czech have looked good, but they're also, let's be honest, if you had this one going this way, you're either Czech or a liar. So that's the only way. Um, Belgium, congrats to my listeners from Belgium. Congrats. You you beat my my Ronaldo in Portugal. Uh, I did think that was what was going to happen. I was a little surprised at how Belgium kind of played, though, because... You know, up until that goal, and really most of the game, Portugal dominated the game. Now, whenever uh, Belgium countered, they always looked lethal, But which is why there was a few times where, they, if you just saw, if you made Portugal play fast and make them, get them uncomfortable, they, they, don't, they don't like that. They, Belgium played the style, heavy possession, sip deep, uh, you know, and just be pragmatic on the attack and just kind of, you know, look to get it in. Uh, Portugal's problem is they did. It, it seemed like when they got in the final third, they just had no idea what to do. Like even though, even like the fact that they wanted to get it into Ronaldo, it was like they did, had no idea how they wanted to get it there. Uh, they had no idea what they wanted to do with Bernardo Silva. Why uh, Bruno Fernanda uh, Fernandes? Sorry, wasn't playing the whole tournament. I know he did. He didn't do great in the first game, but it's like that's one game. He's a talent. You just need in these situations, you just got to have the most talented players on the field. You just, they'll figure it out they're, That's what they're there for. They're they'll figure it out. Uh, Belgium. I mean, they look good though, man. I mean, they look really, really good. Uh, I hope the Bruyne is okay. I, if he's not, that's going to be obviously detrimental. Um, but I mean, they look, they look good. And for how long Portugal had the ball, you you were just like I don't know the whole time you're watching maybe because it's I'm always innate I'm always a pessimist about the teams that I want to win but like the whole time I was like it just even when it was zero zero I was like Belgium I just feel like it it should be looking a lot worse than it is based off of like how much momentum Portugal felt like they were carrying but they didn't feel like they were really getting that much separation from Belgium momentum wise. It was weird. It'd be like this. This is a good way to explain it for those of you who want to understand this. It would be like in the bat. It'd be like in basketball. If a team's up 15 or they're up like eight and it feels like they have like all this momentum and you're just like the crowd's going crazy. It's raucous. And it's like, they're playing, they're shooting lights out. They're doing great. They're doing everything. They're on fire, all this momentum, but they're only up like eight points. You'd be like, Oh, okay. That's what it was kind of like with the Belgium and Portugal. 
and then an incredible goal by Hazard, not Eden, his brother. Um, you know, excited, excited. Uh, a quick preview of Monday, Tuesday's games. We got Croatia, Spain, which I think is a pretty evenly matched game. Um, I think Croatia takes this one nothing, and then we got France, Switzerland. Switzerland's good. Uh, they're a good possession team. They like to play slow. France, France. I'm gonna go two nothing France. I I just think France is too talented at every position to lose this game. The Croatia Spain wins. Spain one's interesting to me. I mean, Spain, other than the last game, has really showed no propensity to to score. Croatia, I, I've never really seen as a high-scoring team. They're good for, like, three goals every now and then. They already got their three goals in that one game. It could go 2-0 uh, if there's a penalty. Uh, but I think more than likely, it's, like, a late-time goal, one nothing, and Croatia wins. England, Germany. Uh England's going to win this one nothing. Uh Germany is good, but they're a little too inconsistent in their play. I know England isn't very consistent, but Germany's inconsistency is way worse in the fact that like they could lose to one of the worst teams and then beat one of the harder teams. Their inconsistency is like they always just stay average. Like they can never they never can like they never they never have like a great game, but they never also have like a shitty game. It's just like you're not satisfied with them. They don't play to their level they should. Uh, and then you got Sweden, Ukraine. This will be an interesting game, but Sweden's gonna win this. I think Sweden wins two one. This one's another one of those that's like the. Uh, the Denmark Wales, where it's kind of like two underdogs, gets if one of the teams is going to get a pass to the, the quarterfinal. Um, don't be surprised if Germany wins. If Germany wins, I think they win like two nothing. Don't be surprised by that one, but I think England will win this. Although they're at home at Wembley, there's a very good chance they choke. <laughs> there's a very good chance they choke. Uh, <laughs> so, who knows with Germany? They could, if Germany's playing well, they could beat the living shit out of England. But what Germany team's going to show up? Um, all right. That's that, folks. Um, uh, been reading a lot of history uh oh so here's a thought experiment something i thought about the other day um I was reading iliad by homer and one of the things that i kind of think that was interesting is when they talk about the gods and they talk about um the mythology of them is I think it's what it is, is really it was the Greeks' way of explaining human, not consciousness, but like decision-making and thinking. Um, and we're, oh. 
recording in progress. Hello. What up? Kyle, good to see you. How you doing, man? Can't complain, doing well. How about you? Uh, living the life right now. Uh, just applying for jobs, doing comedy, doing this, having a fun time. Um, and then Great, you're still liking Dallas. Oh, dude, I I really like Dallas. I got a little weirded out um, when I came back from Tampa because uh, I had a couple friends ask me like, "What well, what's there to do in Dallas?" And I was like, "Fuck." Like as far as like outdoor activities goes, not much. It's a very event driven um city so but great food and like going out like you could i was telling you i was like like if you're like me which i like to go out and eat and drink yeah uh, like you could go to a new restaurant in a different completely different style of restaurant every night for the whole year and, you know never get the same place so there are lots of like concerts and stuff like that too a lot of concerts um uh, just a lot of like big events like uh say bowl games because they don't have like oh, mavericks. Games. yeah they have the mavericks they have every major sport um the rangers now the cowboy stadium and the ranger stadium are out in arlington which is not a hassle to get to but it's not in the city it's like a 30 minute drive to get there but um you know their stadium like their i went to the rangers game and their stadium's pretty cool it's an indoor stadium like the rays but it's shits on the ray stadium like it's just so much nice isn't it brand new the yeah. rangers yeah i remember they were the first ones to open to 100 percent capacity like yeah. when the season started when no one else was doing it that, that was yeah not cool. even in florida not even in florida which was weird because they were opened up as a state the earliest yeah yeah and the marlins where i used to work um and my, my team my baseball team they're opening up at full capacity like next week wow. so they're still not full capacity uh, have you gone to a, a Marlins game yet this year? I've been to a couple. You know, my, my girlfriend works there still. So, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So, I when she's working, I go uh, hang out with some friends there. This one. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm repping. Yeah. I'm actually repping right now. I want to put a jersey on for sports talk. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Marlins are interesting because they're like what the A's want to be from my neck of the woods. The A's want to be like a really small organization that doesn't have a lot of money, but. Every now and then they build, they build, they build. And it's like, they get like a three-year window for like every 10 years, they get like a three-year window where they make a run for the title. And, but they've been successful twice in yeah. those two runs where the A's has been, it's, they haven't won since the seventies. They always lose. It's like, if we make the playoffs, then we win the world series. And if, yeah. if we don't make the playoffs, <laughs> yeah. it's every other year. Yeah. You're, you're just, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're only been the playoffs twice, two World Series. Well, to be fair, we made the playoffs last year in the pandemic year. So no, but, I know. I'm just making. I'm just going off your. But joke, pretty but much, that's really funny. last year. That was very accurate. Yeah, where that's just really funny too. Where you can almost, you could almost now as Marlins fans, like if you make the playoffs, you guys just start celebrating. Like you had game one of the playoffs. You're like, ah, eh, this is where, <laughs> this yeah. is where we make a living. Yeah, uh, it's, it's over. Great. It's over. We yeah. made it. I mean, throw it away. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, hey, man, I was glad I, you know, I obviously got to be a little cheeky with this. So just a good way for me to get you to come on, say hi and yeah. uh, just get to see you for a little bit. Yeah, good. Talk um, to you. I think it's always important, like as we get, get older and like 
move across the country, busy with our own lives, that we like we take a time out to like you know, talk to friends and yeah, yeah. Kind of what I get to do with this podcast is why I've kind of only really stuck with like just friends on is, you know, it's a good way to kind of, I feel like you get to hear people catch up and stuff like that too. And, you know, when I'm 70, I'll be able to relive all these fucking conversations, <laughs> which would be great. Um, oh, one other thing I was actually, was funny. was, I thought of as a, at some point, this is just obviously how I am. When I think I'm like, Oh dude, I'll think of something. I'm like, I don't care when we just got to get done. Uh, I was talking with Briggs and my goal is at some point in our life, we go to like either a master's or a U.S. Open, like a major. And well, I know you're super into golf and he's crazy into golf. So I'll probably be third wheeled in this, but it would be a great event. Nonetheless, would love to. The master's obviously would be ideal, but like it's so competitive to get there. The only way to get tickets is you have to live there, uh, be a member, which it's the, it's the most exclusive golf club in the world. There are like billionaires that don't get yeah. memberships there and like professional athletes that can't get memberships there. Um, wow. and, or you have to win the lottery, which I, I do sign up for the lottery every year to get oh, tickets. Really? But yeah, there's a lottery. Um, how many, the, the how many did they send out? Uh, well, it depends on the days. So you could select, I think if you get an actual tour day, it's like, it's going to be, you only get two tickets if you win the lottery but if, if you get a practice day you get four tickets and you, so and and that they practice on monday tuesday wednesday and then thursday the it starts interesting interesting so but the u.s open though we could do right you just kind of yeah we could, a ton it, of money. and that that location changes every year so yeah. it really so depends we, it and there's only like four there's only like four or five locations they do it at right that they it depends like they, they they sometimes switch it up yeah yeah, they hit the, the the most famous like biggest like clubs, Pebble Beach and stuff like that. Torrey yeah, they, they did it at actually. Um, I guess not your neck of the woods, but I know that you have family from Philadelphia. Um, right in like downtown Philly, there's like a club called the Marion. A couple of years ago, they did it there, and that was Is interesting. It a nice course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the nicest for sure. I heard it's one of the hardest courses in the country. So, so uh. The one of the golf courses is not the go I my parents live on this golf course. I did not grow up on this golf course, but um, my uh, my parents uh, have this house on the golf course where they actually had to like restructure the golf course because it was the rated like the hardest golf course in I don't say Northern California, but I think it was like Placer County um, in Sacramento County or something like that. Really? And so they actually, it was like so hard. They were complaining about it. They actually had to like restructure it and make it easier. The golf course. Uh, I'm sure I would appreciate that. My, my golf score would love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a bunch of weird things. Like the golf course, it is hard. I mean, but I, you know, I got to jump on every now and then to like go play five, like right at the end of the night. That's um, the best. The twilight yeah. hours. Yeah. And then you get to just go play um, and you could do like, five holes real quick especially the way it lines up is they're all in sync with each other like you could do a loop and then end up right back at my house and yeah easy walk you know what guy was telling me about today i, I spoke to a guy today so they, there's this app that you get it's like golf now challenge and you could like challenge your friends to golf rounds and it like keeps your score and like you it's like a fantasy but you're playing golf oh wow yeah i would not like that because i'm not very good at golf <laughs> 
I, I swear to God, the one time we went to that executive course uh, right before I moved from Florida. I remember you meet Chris and his buddy Andre. I remember, yeah. Best round of golf I had ever played in my life. And uh, I, I swear to God, I never played that good. I've never, I will never play that good in my entire life ever again. <laughs> I am well, so hey, bad at, least at have, it. At least you have that to... to to turn back you know yeah because i played good though that round and i was like very impressed with myself where i was like very i was like leaving the 18th hole and i was like shocked i was like i can't believe i just played that for for like a whole fucking 18 holes sometimes you play the best when you haven't played for a long time and you come on you go you go with zero expectations you're like oh i'm I'm gonna suck and you go and like stress-free and golf is like so mental yeah like if you go in expecting to play well you're probably i mean you're probably not a lot of times and, and, it, and it stresses you out but when you go in with zero, no expectations. It's like, uh, like that weight is lifted off your shoulders. You can just like swing easy. And like, sometimes it just goes the right way. Yeah, I, I did had that happen with like basketball and football and stuff a lot. Like, yeah, where I hadn't played in a while and I would come out thinking, I'm like, eh, I'll probably not be very good. And then I'll have swish, I'll play. Swish. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden I'm like, can't miss. And yeah, it's very, very weird. Tutty after tutty. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can't drop anything. Just burning <laughs> people. Uh, which great transition, actually. Basketball. Um, so we had a few talking points. I, I talked to uh, Bulls a couple days ago and I was like, look, I'm going to come up with a few talking points. We'll just for like 20 minutes shoot the shit on these topicing points that I think are rather interesting. And uh, one so one question more so uh, for the benefit of my guests, I would say. Um, <laughs> so we'll start off first one, uh, one that kind of interests me. Um, I actually have some interesting stats on this. Um, is DeAndre Ayton? So now I I personally I I like I like him. Like I think he's good. Um, he seems to have the right attitude. Nice guy, seems to be a great team player. Um, and one of the things that I, I love about him that I think like a lot of bigs in the NBA struggle with right now is he's a, actually a very good rebounder. Like there's too many there's too many big centers and stuff that I see average eight rebounds a game. Like he's gonna get you eleven a game. You he's know? a big boy, big yes. body. But but not like Gobert, where he isn't nimble. Like he he's not having the same problem Gobert did on the perimeter, which you would think would be the opposite. I think he's just more athletic than than. Uh, we'll see. I it, I don't know that we've seen him be challenged the same way that Gobert did. You know, obviously the, the Clippers um, played against them um, against the Jazz in the last round, but they had Kawhi, um, so. I, it makes it a lot easier when you to have a guy in like that, like Aiton, than it than it does having Gobert in because first of all, the other team is like crippled with no Kawhi. But yeah. secondly, he's also averaging; he's a way better scorer than Gobert, and he can score in a bunch of different ways. He could shoot a little bit, so it's like he's so much of a plus on offense that even if he can't keep up with some of those guards on the outside, like it's still a net positive to have him on the floor. Where it became a net negative to have Rudy on the floor because. He's just so limited offensively. Literally, all he does is dunk. Like maybe a few finishes the basket, but he can't shoot outside the paint. So if he if, if they're exposing him on defense, you have to take him out, and he's your best second best player. So you can't, and you're paying him so much. Can you really take him out of the game? It's it's a tough choice. Right. So what I wanted to hit on is exactly some of the points, which is why I brought up the question: What is DeAndre Ayton's ceiling? 
because I, if you look at his stats from his rookie year till now, and you can put an asterisk till last season, given everything that happened, but his, his averages and his numbers, other than his, I think his field goal percentage, um, I do just want to confirm that. Well, I saw his field goal yeah, percentage his, in this playoffs have been ridiculous. Oh, his field goal percentage in the playoffs are ridiculous. But his uh, field goal percentage has actually improved. But his numbers, other than his field goal percentage, so he's a more efficient player now, but his numbers are staying about eight. Let's say I think he's averaging, um, unfortunately, like 15, unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's 15 and 11, but – in the playoffs, he's averaging more. In the playoffs, he's averaging 17 and 11 and a half. So it's like he's definitely picked it up. But and I think that's the player. I think he's more likely to be an 18 and 11 guy. But it's like, what is his ceiling? Because you look at him and statistically, he's more comparable to Clint Capella than he is, like, say, Joel Embiid. But I feel like he's almost like the lesser version of Joel Embiid. Yeah, I, I could see that the way he could stretch the floor. Like, Clint Capella is really only a dunk guy. I would right. probably more compare Clint to Rudy Gobert, but the same type of archetype where they're defenders, shot blockers, and are very limited on offense. But I think Aiden is a lot, a lot more potential as a player just because he, he's a lot more skilled on offense. He can post up a lot better. He's a, he's a mid-range shooter. I don't think that three is, is quite there yet, but it looks like there's potential for that. And if that does hit, like you could see him, you know, blossom as as far as a score too. He's still very young. What well, this is year three, four for him or something? This I remember. Is, yeah, this is his third year. Uh, he is twenty two this year. He'll be twenty three next year, and it'll be his fourth year. Yeah, I, I'm not sure he's ever going to be the score that Embiid is. Embiid was kind of like out that like that out the gate. Yeah. But you, you're also you know, look at his team. What is he? Which option is he on his team? The third option. Like that's a good spot for him. Um, is a third option on a team offensively, whereas Embiid has to carry his squad. Do you think he could be a number one? On a championship team, I'm, I'm going to say no, and that's only because like, this is the modern NBA, and when was the last time we saw a center, a dominant center, carry a team to a, to a finals? Now, here's where I'll challenge you. Here's where I'll challenge you on that. There's only, in my opinion, in the last... I'm going to be safe with this in the last five years. I can only name two dominant centers and that's Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, what about Nikola Jokic? Forgot about him. So three, (laughs) I did forget about him, but he's also a weird, he's like a sleeper goat. Like it's like one of those things where you're like 48 minutes goes by the game's over and you're like, Wait a fucking, he had 30 and 15? What the yeah. fuck? Like, you don't even know it's happening. It's, it's just, just like, like a death so by a thousand always. Yeah. It looks like he's going to miss every shot, and then it's just like right in. I, I told my buddy, I said, Nikola Jokic looks like somebody stole his candy bar when he was a kid. So as revenge, he got was very good at basketball. So he could beat that guy's favorite team by 30 every night. <laughs> like, that's what he looked. He doesn't look like he's supposed to be in the NBA. Like that. I, I took that personally meme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. he, he does not look like he's at all belongs in the NBA 
at all. I, I, I also think that the same way about Trey Young. I think the guy looks like he's just like a tiny dude and just does not look like an athlete at all. But he's amazing and he's been incredible in this playoffs. Yeah. We'll get in in a second because I want to finish with uh, DeAndre Ayton because he's also on the list. But with DeAndre Ayton, um, what do you think? Like, why? Here's where I would say is he could be a dominant center um, and make on. I don't want to say a number one, but I would say is that that could open up the conversations because he's doing right now sixteen and eleven, and he's a third option. He's going to be getting more touches, so he's going to have his numbers are obviously going to increase with more touches. Um, He could be somebody who's like a twenty six and twelve. You think 26? I, I could definitely see him averaging above 20 points, like 20, 21, 22 in that area. But I, I don't see him being that that dominant of a scorer, um, especially with playing. He's going to be alongside Devin Booker. And so he'll, he'll likely never be the number one option on the team. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I could see him averaging above 20, which is very good for, for a starting center in the NBA right now, considering there's really only two that, that average that much. And I think he could average that 22 and 11 as the number two option with Devin Booker. Yeah. That's why I think if he was the number one option, he could get 26, but they probably would point. Do I, do I think that wins a championship? If he's your number one option averaging 26 and 11, I don't think it does. Yeah. I I think him and Devin Booker going forward as a duo is like a perfect fit. And I'm really excited about that. Convinced on Devin Booker as I, I, I just I feel like he I feel like he needs somebody like Chris Paul, like mm-hmm. if Devin Booker's your guy because at the end of the game, I don't know how to say this because like he can create his own shot, but I feel like he needs somebody to get him the ball to do it. Oh, Chris Paul so has been to say that amazing but, for them and amazing for for Aiton, especially like you were yeah. saying, like literally opened up Aiton's game and I saw him talking about it today how like. CP like is like the he's like the only one who's ever really pushed him is what he said something like that um, because and he could do that because everyone respects Chris Paul yeah. but now that like he's helped his game so much you know obviously Chris Paul is probably not a long term option for them just considering his age um, yeah no I think he they'll, might they'll, they'll just have to find year. yeah they need a they need a distributor because uh, Devin Booker is way way better as an off ball scorer. And that's, that's my point is where I think he needs a good, but in order, like he needs somebody like a Mike Conley, you know, oh, yeah. obviously That'd Mike Conley's a little older now too, but like somebody you're saying, like, like we were, you know, just repeating what you said or giving another example, but um, yeah, somebody like that, they don't have to be, uh, you know, scoring 20, but somebody who's going to run the offense, you know, could well, the, the Suns have a lot of choices to make this offseason because Chris Paul's a free agent. And they're going to have to pay all their guys. They're going to pay Aiton this offseason. They're going to have to pay Bridges, who I think is like super slept on. Um, how amazing he's been for them. You know, being able to be that glue guy, that three and D got star, really one of the better three D three and D players in the league this year. And I see his game. His game has evolved a lot too. So we'll see it. You know, that trio as a young trio is is one of the best in the league. Yeah, I mean they're. I mean, I, I don't know that I would put Mikhail Bridges in there as a trio, but um, I definitely think Booker and Aiton's a good duo. Uh, they're young. Don't they're sleep. Very offensively talented. If Booker 
which I think he's being a love, you know, a lover of Kobe, he will definitely challenge himself to get better defensively. And I think once that happens, he's just a complete player. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and I think one of the secrets that he does is he inquire the best at or that mid range jumper, which I think what you're seeing in the end of the games is so you are seeing that even in this new era of the three and in the key, like lob or three, like three point era that we're in that mid range jumper is so lethal in the final three minutes of the game because these teams that try and stick to this three, it's like, okay, you have a hot night where, you know, in the final three minutes, you as a team are hitting these threes, but when you need a bucket and when you need a bucket and you need, you know, you want to extend your lead from one to three or one to four, and you get a guy who can hit you consistently 18 footers and close out a game. And you know, every time down, you have a very high chance of scoring. Uh, you're to me, I'm just seeing, I'm watching these playoffs and I'm like, you're seeing at the end of the games, these, these better teams, they're all adapting and they're hitting these, they're shooting mid rangers Now they're not shooting threes. At the end yeah. Of the same thing with Kevin Durant, Chris Middleton. Yeah. Um, shoots a lot of those middies. Yeah. It's, uh, they're, I think the majority of the game, they're, they're just going for the threes and, uh, and the layups or, or dunks. But as you said, like at the end of the game, they want the highest probable chance. And if yeah. it doesn't matter that they have a two or a three, they're going to go for that too. And, and the the best players in the leagues in the league right now are the ones that can hit that mini. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, consistently. Yeah. Um, well, do a good transition uh, into one of the players who I think is making an incredible run. Has changed my view and opinion of him. Uh, playing his heart out. I think there's no question watching him throughout this playoffs that he is he's on the floor. He is the toughest guy on the floor, hands down. That's Trey Young. Um, now my question is, do you think this is a one-time run where that he kind of had a good fit of the team? He had a good veteran core that it allows him to make a run like this. Uh, I do suspect they will be in the playoffs for a very long time to come, but is this something that we are seeing like a run like this, getting a game up on the bucks, um, which most people wouldn't have thought happened. Like, is this a, you know, a new thing? Well, or I'll say I'll say the, the Hawks have no business beating the Bucks this year. They're a young team. And I agree. I'm very impressed with the team building. I mean, I remember in the offseason when during a free agency, it was like the 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 Hawks were getting every good free agent. Like yeah. they they were picking up, they picked up uh Rondo, they picked up uh Capella they traded for in the in the offseason before, and they got Bogdanovich when the Bucks wanted him. Uh, and, and also Gallinari, they, they were getting all these like slept on low key, like good pickups. Yeah, all the mid, like what you call mid majors in like college football, like these teams that are really good. But yeah, there's all these good free agents that, yeah, I totally get, uh, totally agree, underrated. Yeah. And, and the, the way I see it is for the, on the Hawks end, they, they had a good test year here with Trey Young. It's like, can Trey Young be the best player on a championship team? And, to my to my surprise, because I was like you, maybe a little bit of a doubter. I think the answer is yes. I think I think you have the answer here. It's like they they put together a competent shooting team, pretty good on defense. You know, uh, good young talent mixture with veteran talent. With like now Lou Williams, you know, uh, having having a bench, a few pieces here and there. Like it, it's looking like they could compete in the East for for quite a while, um, in my opinion. But they'll have to figure out what they're going to do with John Collins because I know he's a free agent this offseason too. Interesting. Uh, I agree with everything you said, except for 
I don't think he could be a true number one. A true number one. Now, if you give him like what what he could be is like a one A on a championship team. Like if you got you gave him somebody like like I consider Damian Lillard a one A guy. Like in my opinion, I think really? he he's like that guy. He's not a superstar, but he's not a star either. He's like in that weird. Ca- there's there's very few people who I think are in this category where it's like, damn, dude, you play really good. You can carry a team, but like, and you have everything that a superstar has, but you just don't. There's these the superstars have that it factor. You know what I mean? Like there's just that thing about them that you can't really explain but you just know when they're on the court, they're always in control of the game and they're never out of it. And it doesn't matter how much they're down. Bless you. Um, And it doesn't matter how much they're down. You just like them being on the court. You're always fearful. Like KD's got this. LeBron's got this. Like, I don't think Trey young fits in that category. I don't know. I mean, he's shown me a little bit of that, but that's what I'm saying is like, he's a lot. He can be, I think he's now in my opinion, more of like a Damian Lillard. Like he's that fearless, gutless guy who he's really, really good, but, he he just and you hate to say it because he has everything you would want in your number one but he just doesn't have that inability to get you over the edge and be that number one guy and win you a title i think the biggest valid knock on him is his defense so yeah that's gonna be the biggest valid knock which which is why i think uh you know the Hawks were like, let's go all in and spend all this money this year because we need to know now if this guy is our future. And in my opinion, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but if you're the Hawks, you, you got to look at this and say, yeah, this guy's our future. This guy could do it. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he needs another player, you know, that almost as good as him or just as good as him, maybe like a defensive wing. That like a, I mean, Kawhi Leonard, obviously. Say, was like I'll, I'll say this. If you traded – switched position or if you switched players swapped players of him and ben simmons the sixers are in the finals and winning the finals this year hands down yeah hands down i, I completely agree with you hey, yeah, like i would believe that's my core like i do think that trey young needs another top talent because like you can tell like the re- the the reason i brought bring up this question is this a one-time run because it's like you can tell they're they're missing another like another star athlete another power player on they, there you know who they good, he's a good three not to be a homer, but they remind me a lot of the Heat last season. Just the, that the team that they got they got a you know a that. good free agent signing in the offseason and just like completely clicked and just yeah. like everything like worked well for them. Um and, and they and they just made this incredible run in the playoffs, which is what they're doing right now. Um, I would I think that's actually a very good a very good analogy. That's a, a very good comparison. Um uh, that's actually a great comparison. I would say you guys were slightly better, but that's just splitting hairs in my opinion. Um, you guys were a slightly better version of that, but um, yeah, I, I, uh, I would agree with that. I think it's a very good comparison. Um, so I'm interested. What do you think? Like, what do you think the Atlanta needs? Do you, I, I don't necessarily think he needs like a Joel Embiid, Trey Young, but maybe like a him and Bradley Beal type of thing could work see i i think there i mean i think he's the scorer so he's the main guy you got a guy like bradley beal it's a little bit redundant in my opinion i would say but he can be off ball he isn't that ball dominant though that's the thing and he's going to get you 24 25 they have so many young players that they could package together for a trade for like what maybe disgruntled disgruntled player i'm trying to think of somebody who might be on the way out of of their situation and i Nothing's coming to mind like as a fit, but I would say that the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George archetype 
And if they need to trade John Collins, do a sign and trade. I also really like their, their DeAndre Hunter, who was injured this year. But he was actually started this year having a breakout campaign. He is that guy. He's that 3 and D, like, lockdown defender. And he was putting up big numbers before. He hurt in the playoffs. Yeah. No, he got – oh, yeah, he did. He came back and got hurt in the playoffs again. But I'm saying the beginning of this season, he was having a breakout year, and then he, like, got hurt, and he came back too early and re-aggravated re, re it, um, his knee. Um, so we'll see what he does next year. But it, they could use someone like that who has a lot of potential, and, and I think he's a very valuable player to package and get some disgruntled, you know, top-end wing that well, they did. I think so would here's, well here's, here's what I'll say is – I don't disagree that they need, they definitely need a little bit more, but they definitely, I think, need scoring because you look at it and Trey Young needs somebody to help him in that department because it's like the Luke, it's like a Luke, the Lucas situation in Dallas. It's like, yeah, he's putting up massive numbers, but it's like he doesn't want to have to do that all the time. Like, if you could, if I guarantee if you ask Luca, hey, would you rather score 32 points and have another teammate score 24 <laughs> and then you guys win instead of losing in seven? Be like, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, you're uh, right. Especially if they package together some of the other scores. Because, like, John Collins, I think, averaged close to 20 points this year. Yeah. He did really well, too. He's a, but he's like a role player, and a lot of times you're nowadays you can see these role players because the league's so high scoring. A lot of these role players can average 14, 15 points, and they're not like they're, it's not like you know 14, 15 points. You were like a number three scorer just even ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a Bradley Beal I think would help every team. He's one of those players that would fit in any situation on any team. Like you could go play for the Warriors, you could play for hopefully my Heat. Um, I, think the Trey my, my Young, I think Trey Young would like him because he is an off ball guy. He's not a ball dominant guy. And I think, and I think that's why he would help. Uh, I think he would help the heat too, as well. Is because. Yeah, that's exactly. Cause he is off ball. He you don't, you don't have to, he's like a clay Thompson. Like if you put clay Thompson on a team, he's going to help every team. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't, he doesn't need the ball in his hands to, to get 24 points. Yeah, and sp- speaking of uh, of all these players, Trey Young, you mentioned Luca, Aiden. You know, it's kind of nuts. These these guys were all from the same draft class. Yeah, and Crazy. not to bring bring up old wounds, but I I think I recall who had the number two pick in that draft class. Yeah, yeah, it's and, a it's a it's a call. The that's Sacramento come Kings back to to haunt us certainly, and, <laughs> and they believe... picked Marvin Bagley, which I mean Look, it could have worked out injuries and stuff. We'll see, man. It, it, he's probably it, here's, done it. here's the thing it's time. hard to disagree with it because at the time it was what we needed De'Aaron Fox was a guard a ball dominant guard who we had just drafted two years before was showing great promise now I, I do agree that if you feel like he is the best you always just take the best overall talent in the draft but like he's a 19 year old kid out of Spain who we, the world didn't know I mean I guess some of the world knew about but yeah like, I remember us talking. And I was like, "Dude, they gotta take Luca, but they're not gonna do it." I was like, "They gotta take Luca. The dude won MVP in the Euro League." Uh, but uh, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But that draft class, you know, has some other really great players, and it's incredible. I think they're like kind of already awarding it, like the next great draft class since '03, because like there was the the Jordan, which is like '85. And then there was like the the Kobe one, which was like ninety seven, 
or 96, something like that. And then 96. And then 03, obviously, was LeBron, Wade, Bosch, Mello. And then now you have Aiton, Trey Young, Luca. I mean, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, There's some other studs when you go down. Well, uh, you want to know another one that this is another great uh, 2012. Is that Giannis? Uh, I think maybe, but you got to remember Giannis was taken like stupid late. Was he taking 15? Well, he wasn't. No, no, this is not Giannis' draft. No, this is Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Andre Drummond, Draymond oh, Green, good. Chris Middleton, and Draymond Green were both taken in the second round that draft. Uh, Jay Crowder. Um, but another Kings flub. <laughs> we drafted that year. Power forward junior Thomas Robinson. Fifth pick overall. Guess who went sixth? I don't know who. Damian Lillard. Wow. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry for you. They also, <laughs> they also, uh, the Kings, the the pick before uh, the year Carmelo's NBA draft. We picked somebody ahead of him, and they were the Jazz got him like third overall, and we were like the number two pick. Like the one good draft pick Carmelo. that you had was like Chris Weber, and that one didn't we make didn't draft third. Chris Weber. Oh, who drafted Chris Weber? The Golden State Warriors. We traded oh. Mitch Richmond, who was our star player. We traded Mitch Richmond to the Washington Wizards for Chris Weber, and that's how we got Chris Weber. And then he was injured for you guys. Like our most best draft picks have been Demarcus Cousins, who we ended up getting rid of <laughs> because of that whole thing, and De'Aaron Fox. Really? You would say that that's your best all-time draft picks? For the Sacramento Kings? Absolutely. Wow. It's impressive. <laughs> Mi- yeah, because no, not even Mitch Richmond was drafted. Oh, actually, actually, I probably was wrong about – no, no, because I don't even think we – yeah, no, we didn't even draft Oscar Robinson was a, uh, an old Kings player, but we didn't even draft him. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this just became a very depressing Kings podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we had a Kings podcast, it would just be crying for hours. That's, <laughs> that's what <laughs> we would be doing. It'd I got you, like, man, you know. Every year we'd come on and be like, hey. You're, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Uh, <laughs> we suck, man. Um, all right. So next question. Want to get out for you. Uh, I think the Trey Young one's done. I think we realized w- we agree that he's going to be in the playoffs routinely, but he needs somebody else to get into the title. I, I think the only disagreement is I think that he he's kind of proved this playoffs that he could be the closer at least. Maybe he'll be a guy just as good as him alongside him but he's definitely a closer and he's got ice in his veins ice tray i like will i will bump it up i always thought he would be at number two i'll bump it up to that he's a 1a and he needs a he needs another 1a though he needs Fair. either another number one or a 1a with him uh you can't give him a like a you can't have him have a like a you can't be have him be a true number one in my opinion but if you give him another number one lockdown city it's it, i mean they're probably winning a title um future of Atlanta right there. Yeah, I I would agree with it. Um okay, so which kind of goes into also about uh you know 
big time players or uh, what we thought would be, which I, for the record, I, for the record want to, I, I hope you remember this, but what did I say about Ben Simmons when he was originally drafted? I said, at oh, most, I do remember this. I was, I was hype on him for sure. Yes. And I said, I don't know about him. I said, I just feel like at most, I think he's going to be a three, maybe four time all-star. And it's looking like he might not even be a four-time All-Star. He's point. already like a three-time All-Star, isn't he? He probably won't get another one unless his game drastically changes. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I think in a different environment, things could, you know, improve for him. But it's really sad, man. Like, you hope that the guy would, like, develop some sort of shot. Like, he's – it's not just that, like, he can't shoot. He, like, refuses to shoot. Like, yeah. he won't even put up a shot. Like, it's it's crazy – and it's got to be mental, man. Like, it's got to be. I, the guy's so good at I've heard every. It's other... also laziness, though, too. I've heard it's like he just doesn't really care to put the work in. You think so, man? I I don't I've, know. You I've know, heard I a lot of reports. I've read, and it's like to the point where it's even getting on like ESPN now. Do you remember like when he was in college? He played at LSU, and like the LSU was like absolute booty yeah, that year. He was carrying and even, them, and he was carrying them. I remember he like quit halfway through the year. Yeah. <laughs> he literally quit and was End like, I'm season. done with this. He just, he just stopped. He was like, peace. Like, I don't want to, I want to play for you guys anymore. I'm just going to, you know, leave because... school, like not, not finish my first year that I committed to and just like work out for the NBA. Like it's because they got bounced in. I think it was like when he realized they weren't going to make the NCAA tournament, he just stopped. He just stopped playing. And like, they had like an NIT tournament. He didn't even show up to that. Yeah. He didn't even show up to the NIT. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that type of thing, like, like people were like, oh, whatever. It's no big deal. It's just college. He's but just saving he's himself for the draft. Like, he's the number one pick. He doesn't want to lose money. But then you money. see guys like, like, like Zion. You, you see guys that, like, they just want to play basketball. Like, yeah. And those are the type of guys that they're going to be in the gym. They're going to be, you know, putting in that work. So, I guess that was, a, you know, a valid concern, that, you know, that, that maybe he wasn't that committed. And, you know, he has all his natural talent. And he didn't really want to play play you know maybe and i guess you could argue that like he was trying to save make sure to get injured all that stuff but at the same time like you want your guys to have that mentality like i want to play i want to be with my teammates you want them to be that guy and it, it's kind of shown now that he's not that teammate first of all you can tell his teammates are, are turned against him pretty much after this playoff run so his teammates don't really have his back so there's something wrong there there's something off there about his commitment and that's the only reason that the teammates would, would throw him under the bus like they did. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess it's, so it's always like the two questions now are, does Philly get rid of them? And if they do, like, how and where do you send them? You know, because what can you get I for them ideas. So I think he's still valuable. I want to say, like, I don't, he's a good player. He's he's still a valuable Dude, player. He, he, went from, he went from the next LeBron to a lesser version of Draymond Green. Yeah, in, a, in like a season. But you act like Draymond Green's like this shitty player. You could play a Draymond Green role and be really, really good. But he's, he's worse than Draymond Green because Draymond Green, you can't. You have actually like you you can't leave Draymond Green wide open for a three. Like he will shoot it and hit it. That's true. But he, here's my point. Is in a new environment. <laughs> Do hack a Draymond because he'll make his free throws. Yeah, in a new environment, like free throws. I mean, that could be improved. Free throws could be improved. Like maybe the three point will ne will never be there. That's fine. But he could play a Draymond Green role and play it very well. 
and I, I want to give you an example here of, of, of a potential trade that I was thinking of. Another team that has been trying and trying and never really crossed the hump, you know, talking about the Blazers, man, like uh, a straight-up trade for C.J. McCollum, you know, a guy who played at Lehigh right in Philly would fit in amazing with Philly. They need a guy to, 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 to be able to dribble and shoot and kind of run, run the show on offense. And the Blazers desperately need defense, secondary playmaking, and Ben Simmons could provide that. Rebounding, all that stuff is, is, is kind of his forte. So I think this is very ironic because I kid you not two days ago, I said that same exact trade to my buddy. And oh, I, agree. Really? I really like that trade. So here was the only pushback he gave to me uh, is simply, which I can't fully disagree with. He's all, but he's like, it doesn't help the Blazers because they're not getting shooting and they need shooting too as well. And he's just such a liability. Like he's like, you're not going to be able to play him really into the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. I do agree. These things like free throw shooting can be fixed. They can be hey, fixed. Throw in, like, throw in Seth Curry who played for the Blazers and was good for the Blazers. They, they need Seth Curry. They need, they Seth need Seth Curry, Curry could, the Sixers, I think. He was super vital to the Sixers. But, if they, but yeah, but if they have CJ, like CJ Talk is – an improvement it, too, player. What? Seth Curry. That's a massive improvement story there too. Oh, yeah. He's been he's been fantastic. You know, I don't want them to give him up. I think they should try to keep him, but they have other – I'm saying, like, they can make it work. I think CJ's, you know, a significantly like, better like player than personally. Seth Curry. I like yeah. the trade personally. I think it's and a great I, trade, and I thought the same thing. I thought if they had C.J. McCollum, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid this year, like we'd be talking about how they're going to sweep the fucking Bucks right now. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And C.J. needs a new a new picture. Like he's he's a really great player, but him and him and Dame are just too redundant. Like he's like a worse Dame. Well, and not only that, but when you get and not only that, but then when you get those two guys or. They're both Dame's a decent sized point guard, but he's not a great defender. And CJ McCollum's tiny for a small a shooting guard. So you exactly. just have an, immediately you have a disadvantage in size in the backcourt, which teams will exploit night and day. You know? Well, that's my point about Seth Curry, too. So you have the same issue if you have Seth Curry and CJ in the backcourt. So that's why I'm saying that they probably need, I mean, Danny Green is probably a great fit there to start to, to fill in that role as a shooting guard if, if they have CJ right there. And then you know, maybe they got Covington or something from, from the Blazers in that trade as well. Yeah, but they also, I mean, you also just look at the Blazers. The Blazers are tiny in general, where the Sixers can make up for a CJ and Seth backcourt because you would have, you'd have Tobias Harris, who's not small by any means. Then you'd have Joel Embiid. And then they also had, I can't even remember, but they had another decent-sized big um, on their on their team. I can't remember who their other starting player was, but um, Wait, who I'm sorry. Oh, it's this... Ben Simmons. Obviously it was six, nine, but obviously he's on the blazers in this scenario. So yeah, no, they would be a little small too with that. Actually. Right. Um, yeah, maybe have and, and come an, off another the guy that the blazers have that I think could fill in that role as well. Um, is a guy I slept on. In my opinion, Norman Powell, Norman Powell had a, like a really great year. I like Norman uh, Powell. Yeah, and really great shooter, like really athletic, good, good finisher. Like he could, he could fill in that that CJ role. Like they have a lot of guys that could do that. Well, so it's just kind of. I think the Blazers are going to get into a rebuilding mode though here, which well, I still don't. Here's but, okay, so here's what I want to say: where I still think this fits into your trade, is because 
and this is my opinion because of my opinion of Ben Simmons, I think teams that are trying to rebuild and tank, you take a contract like Ben Simmons because it takes up a big part of your salary cap. And you know, you're not going to win a shit ton of games. If Ben Simmons is your number one, like he's not like, if you're depending on him from scoring, you're not going to get a lot. No way. So, so you make him your number one and your number one scoring option. You're tanking. You have a massive contract. Damian Lillard is already ruined. I mean, ruined. Uh, sorry. Damian Lillard is being rumored right now for uh, to be requesting a trade. I did see that. I, it has so to do with coaching. Well, this is right. And so say now Damian Lillard leaves. Now you're the Blazers. You're not, you know, you're not building around McCollum. So you go, well, let's get rid of McCollum. Let's get him to a team. He's a good player. We have a good respect with him and, you know, good player relationship. If Damian leaves the Blazers or request a trade, they have to blow it up. Exactly. So then what do you do? You get Colum to a team, you eat up big contracts that what a lot of these teams to tank is a lead up massive contracts of players who have not lived up to those contracts, but they know if they get them all together, it's like, it's like major league, the movie major league. It's like, you just get a bunch of shit players and you just tank with big contracts. It's like, that's what they so, do. So your, your philosophy is if you're a bad team and you want to tank and be really bad, just trade for Ben Simmons. Well, he, he fits your, yes, because he, and he could probably still make money off of them. Too. That's about, this about the biggest roast you could possibly do of an NBA, <laughs> NBA player. Well, because it does, it does multiple things. And it also can, you can relatively do well in the marketing aspect because it's like, for some reason, everybody still has this belief that he's like the superstar. Where I, I think, hey, if you want to call him a Draymond Green or he has the potential to be a Draymond Green, I'm fair with that. I think that's a fair assessment that one day he could be a decent enough free throw shooter to be like Draymond on the floor, which is fine. You get, you know, I, that's the same category as like Dennis Rodman, like Hall of Fame role players, but they're role players then. Like Ben Simmons isn't this superstar. We got to get out of that. We got to get that. I feel like that notion out of our head that he's not a superstar anymore. He's, he's a really, really, really good role player. I think right now, I mean, I, I always give people an opportunity. Like, he could improve. I mean, I don't think the three points are going to be there. But if you can get a midi and, and he can make his free throws, like you said, which he did against 75%. If you can shoot 75% from the free throw line, he's now able to stay on the court. And now he now he is useful to the team. Yeah. And I think he has a higher ceiling than Draymond. As much as I, I, I'm very high on Draymond, I, I'm a big fan. So I think he still has a higher ceiling. Hopefully. Yeah. I, I just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm done with him. I, I like whenever you start hearing reports about a guy who has all this talent and they have no drive and no work ethic and they don't, they don't want to put it together. I, I, I'm like, all right, well then I'm done with you. I lose faith in him. Um, on to the next, somebody who I feel like you've said many times in your life, which I always agree with. He's one of the smoothest players in the NBA um when you just watch him like just watching him play he is one of the smoother players in the nba he's somebody who i always thought was going to be very talented um i thought he was going to be a superstar and he kind of fallen off and almost similar to ben simmons but he is better than ben simmons uh paul george one of the things that always fascinates me is that he's like this year excluding this series where you think he's shooting like 75 percent but he shoots 85% from the free throw line for a career. In the last three years, I think he he's averaging 87 from the free throw line. You put him at the free throw line, he's almost guaranteed making it. 
you put him behind the three-point line or a defender in his face from 15 feet, he is guaranteed to miss it. What is up with Paul George's shooting was in the playoffs in particular? It kind of sucks. It, it, it makes no sense to me because if you remember when he was first coming up mm-hmm. and he was playing my heat uh, and we were from the Pacers, I mean, the guy looked like he was, you know, couldn't miss most of the time. Like he was making everything on LeBron. Like he looked yep. very clutch. But since this Pacer days, he kind of just drops off a little bit in the playoffs. Like I know he's had some good games this, this season in the playoffs, but for whatever reason, like the guy maybe isn't built the playoffs. And it's kind of sad because as far as talent goes, he's just as talented as any wing in the game. Um, you know, the In the regular season this year, even like with the numbers he put up and the efficiency, he just can't sustain it when the, when the, when the, you know, the lights get hot, when <laughs> it, I, it, uh, in money time, he seems to, to shrink just a little bit and, yeah, that's why he's he is not in that superstar category because th- that's where the, the the superstars separate themselves. Still a great player, I would take him on my team any day. He could come to the Heat, please, Paul George, come up, come on over. We need you, but um, I, he's not your number one on a, on a championship team. And I don't think at this point we know that for a fact. I I agree. I agree. Um... And it's just weird because it's like you don't know what what you're going to get game in and game out. You don't know if you're going to get 36 and shooting, you know, 54% or if you're going to get 22 and he shoots 37, 38%. Uh, He kind of reminds me a lot of Donovan Mitchell in that regard. You know, I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan. I know you're a big Donovan Mitchell (laughs) fan. But we'll see, man. man, Donovan's young. Donovan's (laughs) young. He looked absolutely like dominant in this playoffs. I don't know. Like I've never seen him shrink in the playoffs that I've only seen him get better in the playoffs. It, no, um, I think he plays out of his element. I think that's his issue is I think he thinks he's better than he really is. Like he fine. thinks he can, he thinks he can go toe to toe with these superstars and he ends up shooting his team out of the game and he ends up, and he ends up losing. I, I like what I saw when they were playing the the Clippers is I saw a guy who was hot the first two games and he was able to win those two games for you because he was shooting so well. But then when the, the series continued to go on every game, he was just as a series, the game would go on. He just shoot his team out of the game every single I game. think he had like one or one game where he shot like a bad percentage with other games. I'm pretty sure he, saw, he shot he 38 shot. per hit the last four games of the series. He shot 38%. Okay, but is is there one game bringing that, that average down? Because I know the no. specifically the last game. His, his think about his, it. Like there's the team just it has. Like, he's like if if they're gonna win, he has to put up like thirty points. Like they just don't have like the elite scoring. Like they have Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert's not a scorer. He, he got exposed. They, they didn't lose because of Donovan. They lost because they got exposed. Rudy, Rudy Gobert got exposed. Mike Conley was injured. And he, he had a great year this year, and he didn't. He played in only one game of the series against the Clippers, so his best help was out the entire series. And then guys like Bogdan Bogdanovich like just didn't play well. He didn't play well. Uh, Joe Ingles, to his credit, actually was very good, um, but Bogdanovich didn't play well. So he, he was really the only like elite scorer on the floor for the Jazz at any point. Whereas you're going up against Kawhi and Paul George, they have you know guys that can make shots like. Uh, Reggie Jackson was putting up good numbers in that series. Like, you know, the Clippers just showed to be, to me, a superior team, especially with Conley out. 
So I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying. I don't. Um, again, uh, so to answer your question, no, it was not just one bad game of shooting that brought it down. Uh, his best out of the last four games, his best shooting night, he shot 45%. His first two games, he shot over 50%. He shot really, really well, and he played really, really well. Um, and this is not, I'm not saying Donovan Mitchell's a bad player. I, I think he's a good player, but I think he's a good number two. Um, here's, here's what I would say about, if you look at it, I think he, I think he shot like game three, he shot sub 40 game four. He shot sub 40 or no, he shot, uh, like 43%. And then game five, I think he shot terribly. And then game six, he shot like 45%. Like he had a decent game six, but you can't shoot 45% and take 30 shots. Like you just can't. You can't do that because you're taking too many shots. Well, look at his other players in this team. They weren't making shots. Like, like I, I give it to Donovan Mitchell any day. And if he has like a another guy like him on his team, like I, and he's taking shots away from that person. I get it, but and I would, I would not like that. But for them to win, he needs to get going. He needs, he needs to score. That's the only way they're going to win anyway. So I, I don't blame him for taking all those shots. Like. He had D, D Wade in his ear. I think that's part of the reason why I love the guy so much. He always reminded me of Dwayne Wade, not only in his game, but also like his personality. He's just, like the super nice, like good dude. Um, same way that, that D Wade always was. And um, and obviously now D Wade sees the same thing because D Wade is now a partial owner of the Jazz and he's in his ear during the games, like coaching him up. So, you know, I, I think he has potential to grow. He's not there yet. He's not D Wade, of course. Uh, but We'll see. I man, I I maybe I'm just a biased person. I think he could potentially grow into like the number one on a, on a championship team. But Rudy Gobert is not it, in my opinion, not it. So Joe Ingles averaged 14 points a game. Jordy Clarkson averaged 17 points a game. That's right. Clarkson did have a good series. Bogdanovich averaged 18 points a game. But his shooting wasn't that great, especially in the last couple of games. Uh. He shot 48% from three, which is very good. Better. No, no, no. I was going to say, I was going to say, equip, sorry. No, I wasn't going to say it was bad at all. <laughs> I know you saw my head shaking. No, um, it's, uh, I was going to say equivalent to his field goal and rather the same because he pretty much only shoots threes, <laughs> but he actually yeah. shot better from three than he did from two or his overall uh, field goal percentage was 45. Right. Uh, but he shot 48% from three, which is lights out. Jordy Clarkson shot terribly from the uh, field goal. Great from three. Again, probably just a high number of threes. Um, look, I don't think – I don't I, – I, his team played well. I don't think they were I, – I do agree that they're not – like if you're trying to – if your point is to have Bogdanovich average 18 points a game, you're probably – you're probably not going in the right direction. So I do agree with that. I do yeah. agree that like his supporting cast isn't good, but watching the games, he, there was a number of times where they would be down like sticks and say the Clippers hit a big three. He would come down the court and the guy, they would set a screen and he would come down full speed off that screen, one dribble past the screen, do a pull up three, and it's like six seconds into the shot clock, and you're down six, and then he hits back iron, and now they go down, and now they're up eight, and you're like, it was, it's like stuff like that. The game would be kind of close, and he would take a reckless shot, 
that he was just like, he wants that momentum. He's like that momentum chaser where he wants that back and back where it's almost like in fighting. It's like a fighter will rock somebody and that fighter who gets rocked, like they start chasing a big hit. They're like, all right, you stung me. Now I have to sting you. And that's, and that's how Mitchell mistake, is. Right. Yeah. And that's where, yeah. And that's kind of how Mitchell is. It's like, there's this, there's a momentum of like going back and forth. And I feel like he gets caught up in it. Like where there's big shot or big shot. Like we all feel it. Even as fans, we can feel it. And then it's like, he just gets carried away with it. And then he takes it on himself to be that sole maker of it. And he ends up shooting his team out. And it, I, I mean, they lost four in a row that way. That's, that's why I'm not like, feel like I'm making it up. No, I, like, I, I think, I think you're I right. And, and there's, there's, you're, you're right about those points. You're not wrong. I'm just a fan. I think there's room for improvement. Of course, I'm not saying he's I get why perfect. People like him. He's an energy yeah. guy. He's a he's an effort guy, and you, you people are always gonna like players like that. It's like Russell Westbrook. You know, you never yeah. gonna win a championship with him. You're number one, but you love him for his effort. Right. And sp- speaking of uh, Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons, I I remember uh, the, when they posted the All Rookie First Team this year. If you remember a couple years ago, there was like yeah, all this yeah. controversy over Rookie of the Year. They posted this year's rookie, uh, all rookie first team. And I read the comments and every other comment was like, oh, Ben Simmons was snubbed. So there's still people <laughs> trolling Ben Simmons about his rookie. <laughs> ben Simmons is snubbed. <laughs> Where's Simmons at? <laughs> That's great. That's great. And That's I mean, so to be fair, great. the guy hasn't improved really much since his rookie year. No. So, and it was funny as somebody, uh, I think it was Chris, he sent me a meme and it was all Ben Simmons if he wasn't 6'10. And it was somebody photoshopped him on a UPS driver. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, all right. So, last thing uh, before I get you, let you get out of here. Uh, about your your team, I always want to bring this up. This is uh, you coming on my show to you know talk about this. I figure I'd give you something that would lighten up uh, your fires you know, over love, there. You know how to get me going. I yeah, love yeah, about I know how to whisper sweet nothings. Uh, your uh, your Miami Heat. What do you think they need? What would you want to see them do? Uh, you know, like, do you want to see them get rid of Jimmy Butler and get like no, some talent? Know. Like, what's your what do you think their game plan is? Is what they need? So. Tough, tough year for us. I think mm-hmm. a lot of it had to do with the short turnaround for us. Look at the Lakers, too. You know, we had lots of injuries and COVID issues this year. No excuses. You know, we just did not perform in the playoffs. Guys like Bam and Jimmy, you know, they didn't really play well. But not at our role players. No one was hitting any shots against the Bucks this year. And Bryn Forbes was going off on us. So, I'm not I, – I, it's tough to say I'm giving the pass, but I really, I really do – but the team as constructed is not going to go back to the finals. So I, I know that the Godfather Pat Riley is already whipping up ways to improve. I think we have a really good core group, but we need a stud scorer. We just don't like Jimmy is a great all round player, but I feel like his natural position is not to be like that go-to scoring option. And I, I, I want someone who, we could just toss the ball to and is our go-to scorer. And if you add that to a defensive core of Bam and Jimmy is absolutely perfect. And everyone was hoping and all Miami people were hoping Tyler Hero was going to be that guy. And I still have faith in Tyler, Tyler Hero. But at this point, like, you know, Jimmy Butler is what, 32, 33, our, our windows closing. We got to get a stud guy. Ideally Bradley Beal, in my opinion, but, Obviously, every team wants Bradley Beal, but I think that would be a perfect fit for him in Miami. 
to be that go-to guy and not have to be the dominant ball handler because you got guys like Bam and Jimmy um, that are, you know, that are also ball handlers and really great playmakers. Uh, a, a guy like that, hey, I would take CJ McCollum. I think there's a lot of good options. Victor Oladipo, I would like to see him I get back to good health. Shot for Damian Lillard if he's actually on the trading block. Oh well, I mean, if Damian Lillard's in the trading block, it couldn't be a better fit for him in, uh, than Miami. So you, you could yeah. also get rid of Dragic, who has a big contract. Um, he's and, a free agent, actually. Oh, okay. this well, that's actually then I spoke out of my ass. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, you guys, you'd have to package in something in. They probably want some big contracts of like meaningless players. And then maybe some picks, but we just um, don't have that. The problem is we don't have as many assets. I mean, I you're I, gonna say we don't have a player like Ben Simmons. Oh yeah, yeah we don't. We don't have a player of Ben Simmons's caliber. But <laughs> well, I, you know, I have a lot of faith in Tyler Hero developing into a good player. It may not be in Miami, just because he doesn't really fit our timeline anymore. It looks like he's gonna need a few more years to develop into that stud. But, Who is this? Tyler Hero. Yeah. Yeah, but he's still a trade chip. He's not quite as valuable as he was last offseason. Uh, but he's he's still a he's still a trade chip. But as far as our draft picks, I think we maybe could get one first round pick in, in it. But I know that we trade a bunch of ours away getting Jimmy and you know trading for Crowder and like all you know, we trade a bunch of our first round picks, so we don't have many to give away. Yeah. And I know that a team like Portland is going to want a lot of first round draft picks from whoever gets them. So I don't really see that as being realistic uh, trade package for us, but uh, especially with the with Kemba. He's at OKC well, and OKC is going to try and ship him somewhere. They've already said who OKC. I mean, uh, Kemba Walker Kemba. Yeah. I could see Kemba being a good fit. Like, a rehab year. I mean, best leading. You want him to be your leading scorer, though. Yeah, I, I think you put the ball in his hands. Like you tell him, "Hey, we need buckets from you." It's like it's a way better fit than a place like uh, than a place like um like Boston, okay. where you have Tatum and and Brown, who are like who are leading scorers in the team, and and they're not playmakers. So like Kemba was like relegated to kind of this like third guy, and it really didn't fit there. I would t- I would definitely take Kemba. I don't know how we would get him though. You could probably get him. They're definitely looking. You'd have you'd probably have to get rid of somebody, but they're I think he's not our number one option, especially considering the knee injuries. The Bradley Beal is number one, and then from there, just go down the list and say if you can't and you know Pat Rally's gonna find something and what about I, Kawhi. You know, he's a free is agent. That, is that realistic? He's a free like, agent. The, the, guy, the guy wanted to be in LA so bad. I don't see him leaving LA. I think he's um, going to Golden State. You think so? Yeah, I think he's going to go to Golden State. I don't see him leaving the Clippers. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But he he went to the Clippers for a reason. Maybe he goes to the Lakers. I mean, I don't think he's leaving L.A. I think he can't. That's the reason he went to L.A. is uh, to be with, yeah, you know, but where he's he would from. still be in California living in the Bay Area, um, Maybe. which isn't too far. It's like a four-hour drive, and it's pretty close. But how would the Warriors – I guess he's a free agent, right, Kawhi? So yeah. the Warriors were not – He can sign free. anywhere. They'd have to trade away Wiggins. No, they don't have to trade it all for him. He's a free agent. No, but they but they have no salary cap. They're they're they'd have to make space for him. No, because I think they have uh, Wiggins is off the books next year. Um, oh, oh no, massive contracts. They'd probably have to do a sign and trade where oh, yeah, the where the Clippers the sign him and then they trade away Wiggins' contract. Which I think Wiggins had a great year last year, so he's not he's no longer the like this dead contract. 
but yeah, he at least is like a, a solid player um, that a lot of teams would probably consider to be very valuable. Uh, but yeah, they'd probably have to package Wiggins and like some picks. They have, I know they have a first round pick, like they're one, like a top seven pick in this year's draft. And they have, because they have, they had the Timberwolves pick this year. So they, I think the Timberwolves they got the sixth pick overall. So they had a sixth pick in this draft. They had their pick in this draft. And then they have a uh, Wiseman. So that's a pretty good draft uh, package to trade for pretty much anybody, especially a sign and trade package where a team is like probably going to lose them for nothing anyway. So yeah, maybe you're right. That, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. They also, and they all, they, uh, 14 millions off the books with Kelly Oubre. He's gone. He, his contract's done. And then they have like a bunch of $2 million ones. Um, they don't have other than they, they're probably going to try and trade Wiseman anyways. Uh, but I mean, they, they will have the salary. They'll just, and plus they will, they've always said they'll go into the luxury tax. They don't care. But yeah, if you're the Clippers and Kawhi's like, I want out. And you could get back in return in a sign trade. You could get back. And nobody Wiseman. would be pissed either because it yeah. was like it, they're not the same Warriors. They're, you know, uh, Clay Thompson hasn't played in two years. Steph Curry, Steph Curry's on his, uh, it'll be next year. He'll be on his last year of his contract. Um, and then you have Draymond Green, who's, well, Draymond Green, like great, but like a great role player. Uh, Better Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> better ben simmons. <laughs> he's a better ben simmons and then um, he's just a better version of ben simmons and then um wiseman who i actually think is a decent rookie he didn't get a lot of uh time this year but i think he'll be uh better next year when he's if he just stays a little healthy he's an athlete he freak on. too so yeah he's a freak athlete and then um wiggins i imagine they'll probably trying to get rid of and just get for a role player because uh, he's a big contract. If they got Kawhi, they would get rid of Wiggins. They're the same position. Yeah, they're, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think Wiggins has to be in the trade package, especially for for well, salary. Yeah, they're definitely gonna, they're not going to trade necessarily for salary. They'll probably because in order to make it work, you have to. I think you have to take back. Well, no, no they, they would be fine. They would. Be yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, they can't just sign Kawhi. They have to do a sign and trade, which they do all the time. Every offseason, they sign and trade this year. Like now nowadays in the NBA, so they look at Kevin Durant from the Warriors. That they, they got probably get D-Lo. some picks, and then yeah. that way the Lakers would get some picks, or the Clippers would get some picks out of it. So they get Wiggins. That's what I'm saying. But they have yeah. they have two first round picks uh, this year, and they have Wiseman, and they could trade Wiggins. So they get and then, and then if the Clippers don't want to keep Wiggins, they could probably flip Wiggins for another pick. So they would get actually a, a pretty big haul. Especially since they traded their entire I was even future just away thinking, from Paul George. I, I think so. Here's what I here's always my theory with it is the reason the making the salary work to get Kawhi coming over. I don't worry about that in today's league. The these owners they'll make it work. They'll make it work. If it means they get a forty percent luxury tax, they'll take. They don't care. They will <laughs> take it on. Um. So what I was really thinking is what they would do with Wiggins is they would trade him to a team, get um get uh, some picks and some role players for the equivalent of whatever Andrew Wiggins is. So you get a couple role players for equivalent of, I think he's getting paid like 25 million next year. Um, actually, what is he making? No, he's making 31 million next year. Yeah, dude. Equivalent 
which today's role players are all making like 16. So it's like two role players and then a couple picks. <laughs> they are. They are. Kelly Oubre, 14.3 million last year. I think they, but he's was like a one year deal. That's different. No, he was, uh, I think, finishing his deal, wasn't oh, he? Oh, that's right. You're right. He was Phoenix deal. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I would not, I would call uh, a, a glorified role player. He is making, uh, aver- he's averaging 30 million. At but that's not fair because they paid him like he was going to be a star because he was a young player who was showing promise and, and they paid him way too much because they, they like put a lot more stock in him improving and he never really did. He, he's not really a star, but he's, he's a very valuable role player, like you said. All right. Would you consider Will Barton a role player? Yeah. He's scheduled to make 14.8 million next okay, year. Well, you're, I guess you're right. <laughs> All right, you, you win. I mean, it's just because the salary cap went up. I mean, it's really, it's not, it's just like mind blowing to me. But you'll see like role players now are making like 16 million. You're like, holy fucking shit, man. But yeah. the stars are making 45. So it's like, yeah. And, and back to the heat, that's an option. That's another question that we have. But, you know, we have a free agent, Duncan Robinson, who may be one of the best shooters in the league right now. Well, definitely one of the best shooters in the league. Maybe one of the best, you know, catch and shoot shooters of Fair all time. Shooters, yeah. Yeah. Quite honestly. And we'll see. I mean, I don't see us keeping him because I just don't see us matching, you know, these other teams that, you know, these like teams that are be paying him massive numbers. Maybe we do match yeah, it. I think he's like another 14. I, He'll be like 14 million. You'd probably be like maybe even more. So that's, it's kind of scary. So I don't see him being a heat after this year. You know, next year. So we really, we really got to get um, some sh- some shooting and some scoring. So Bradley Beal, request a yeah. trade to Miami. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. take, take those talents to South Beach. <laughs> All right. Before I let you go here, quick assessment for Game Three: Hawks, uh, Bucks. Who do you have? I, I have the Bucks. Uh, you know, game three. I think they proved in this last game. Game one, they looked like they weren't interested. It was it was yeah. honestly like a sad performance by by them. But this last game, they, they, they won in dominant fashion. I think they kind of got that punch to the mouth. They're a superior team to the Hawks. The Hawks are young, up and coming, but like they, the, the Bucks have, you know, defensive force and, you know, guys like Drew Holiday and, and Giannis and even, you know, Chris Middleton, who Chris should be able to, to really I think he's bother. He's a defender. Yeah. Mania, yeah. PJ Tucker. Yeah. PJ Tucker. All these guys should be able to really bother Trey Young and, and yeah. And make them not put up 49. I think he put up game one. So yeah. that that was all on them for like not playing good enough defense. They show what they could do in game two. And and I I think uh, with that punch in the mouth, like they'll they'll come back and win this series like pretty handily. I agree. I agree. Well, hey man, yeah. thanks for coming on, dude. I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, thanks for giving me this time. Um, I know I went a little overboard. Uh, again, but. Uh, I was glad to glad to have you on, and uh, these were good talking points. Uh, this was fun. This, these were really yeah, good discussions it. with you, man. Um, well, hey, I hope to talk to you soon, and um, I will see you for. A, I guess the next time I'll see you would be what uh, bachelor party? AJ, we'll see. I, I might I might make an appearance in Dallas at some point. You know, okay. I told you because my girlfriend lived, uh, her family is from there. So yeah, if not, I'll see you in. Uh, don't be October, surprised right? if you get text from me. I'm like, oh, I'm coming to Dallas next weekend. All right. Uh, just don't do it in the next couple of weeks because I'll be and, I won't be here in the next. Oh, weeks, really? But do it. Where are you going? Uh, it, 
I'm going to Cabo for like uh, hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Well, I mean, it's my so it's my cousin. Uh, it's my cousin's her 21st birthday, and her parents bought like they bought like a hotel for her and like her, you know all, the whole family to go. So they they You're bought just, like, like a new thing off her family. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, essentially, yeah. I mean, they invited hey. me and they're like, hey, we got a big pad. And I was like, yeah, I'll go for sure. Go to Cabo. Oh, yeah, Cabo. Oh, oh, oh. You know, let me see if it fits my schedule. All I do is pay for my flights, which I can get most of my flights for dirt cheap because I can get uh, standby benefits. So it's like, yeah, it cost me no next to nothing to get there. And they have a place for me to crash. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'll get to celebrate my cousin's 21st they're drunk so <laughs> well dude enjoy be safe you know i know yeah i will man and then uh i'll, I'll talk to you soon though for sure yeah I'll, we'll talk again if, soon. uh even if it's just on a podcast right thanks for having me kyle <laughs> take it easy man anyway just one last point for those of you that don't know us literally these are the same exact conversations we have in person about basketball usually yes. they're a little more heated this was actually a very civil yeah i kept it here. structured so i figured yeah. it would keep us on on pace and usually it's a lot more drunk rambling <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah there's normally nine <laughs> shots involved but <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right man you take it easy have a great rest of your day and tell kobe i said hey i will all right. later take it easy man